Yep. Hold on, I gotta get under my snuggie. You know what else you need to do? What? Hair toss. Check my nails. Baby, how you feel? Feel the good as hell! <laughs> Welcome to Bonehead. You, Is you it good as hell that. or fine as hell? It's good as hell. It's good as hell. That's the name of the song. Good as hell. I don't. I am so sorry. Did she do anything with the rolling effing stones? No, no. But if you need to do your DNA test, I can already tell you what the results are. Lizzo is amazing. He's a hundred percent. What? Nothing. Go back to bed. Somebody called me a snack a couple of weeks ago. I look more like a buffet. <laughs> I was going to say where they call. Do you know what a snack is? Uh, well, I'm sure in their their reference, they were referring to you as a pork rind. <laughs> Oddly enough, the person who said it does love pork rinds. <laughs> huh. so you thought you were trying to be insulting, but literally, did you? Or, I mean. Yeah, fuck you, Chad. <laughs> I'm over here and I have a blanket and a pillow. Because it's cold outside and we're in the basement. And this Are is you cozy. Cold? I am a little chilly. You don't have the flu. All he's missing is his All he's missing is moo moo. Everybody but me and two or three others has had it in the office, really. I, so everybody, Dana was saying a bunch of people had it. And, I, you know, down in God's country, we don't get these illnesses. Stacy and both of her kids had it this week. Oh, I'm so glad that they could tune in to listen to yeah, this horse yeah, shit. Yeah. Like I said, Why don't you ever... tell me about your ailments? How's your fucking hip? It's fine. I don't have hip problems. I, I, I got a couple disorders, but we're taking medicine for but them. But that's all psychological. Well, one of them is, yeah. I mean, it's sure. I was going to say, no, in all uh, technically schizophrenia is psychological. <laughs> is it? I don't know. Well, actually, it, it, I mean, variations of, yeah. Uh, Chad had been funnier if you go, I don't know. Yes, you do! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, next time write my jokes out. Well, somebody should. Yeah, let's see. So uh, now this is Robots Part 2. Robots? Robots Part 2. two. And it's and probably it, and it's gonna be Robots Part 3 if we just if we Well, yeah, it depends. I had a harder time with this than I said I would. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I forgot my notes, but I've already got three ready. I, and I've I got I actually it. have uh, uh, several honorable mentions that I didn't write up about. You think anybody's going to tune in and say, "Why is Joe under a cover holding a pillow?" Well, you've already explained that. So yeah, but do you think that they just now tuning in? No, is no. that how it works on the YouTube when they're switching the channels? Yep. Yeah, sure it is. They have those old gigantic remotes that actually. Did you see John Hancock remotes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Undercover angel. You got your old John Hancock remote there. I want to make a bad joke about the 1700s, but I'm not going to. What is it about what his remote would be? What is it? Not going to do it. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. awful. You're yeah. a horrible human being. Or it's historically accurate. It's historically accurate. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, I agree. Him being a horrible human being well, historically accurate. Most of, most of our accurate. founding fathers are historically human accurate. Beings, but. All right. Who wants to go first? Uh, so this is about our favorite robots part two. Yeah. Our favorite robots throughout film and i'm it, almost be honest with you after i put together my list this time around yeah i almost think my list this time around should have been my first list what? i had a hard time picking well that was the thing i had so many last time that i really i mean i didn't put them in any order yeah as so, long as you've got r2d2 and 3po we're good well no once i don't a, once again though, i know we, we talked about it yeah. in the last episode yeah, yeah. don't listen to this until you've watched the first <laughs> we don't want to do don't watch the first until you listen to this Confusion is how we'll take them. That's where we'll get the ratings. No. And the sponsors. No. I want to be sponsored wait, no, by no. Snuggy. Hold on. No, no, no. Let's go ahead and do this. What? Uh, I'm Aaron Minky, and welcome to... What's the show again? 
Oh, uh, the lore. <laughs> Welcome to lore. Maybe okay. some people will get confused and think we're lore. Speaking yeah. Of Aaron Mickey. <laughs> we should we point out James is back on the couch? No. no. Good point. No, no, because this is just. A, this is did just, you bring one of them babies? Let's see. This is just, in a cake. It's. Uh, I almost did, and I stopped this morning to get some. I'm not making this up. I was gonna stop and get some, and they were sold out. Because I, I was gonna bring a couple home. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I'll bring some home. Yeah. And I was like, I'll wait till the morning I leave to get them. And I know they're called out. a king cake, but could you have found me a queen one? There is a queen cake. The queen cake doesn't have a baby in it. It's usually smaller. Which is funny that the queen cake you would think would have the baby yeah. in it, right? Yeah. 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 But, you know, there's the queen, and it's spelled with a K. It's K-W-E-E-N. It's queen cake. Well, that's just stupid. Oh, I'm sorry that Mardi Gras doesn't meet your... <laughs> In all fairness, Mardi Gras is ridiculous. Almost as ridiculous as uh, the Kentucky Derby, but, you know... I thought you were going to say Christmas. No. Thanks, Chad, for costing us yeah. a whole group of folk. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, just keep mocking religious-themed holidays and events like Mardi Gras. Mardi That Gras. is obviously religiously affiliated... You heathen. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. <laughs> That's me. So, should we start? I'm waiting on All you right. fuckers. All right. I'll, do you want to, uh, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. I don't want to go first. I'll go first. I don't want to work on Mother Maggie's farm. Aunt Maggie's farm. <laughs> I don't want to work on... Yeah. So, this was one that I had to... That I... You I know, the first time around. Are you sick? Yes, I'm so very sick. So, you're sick. You have braces. Uh-huh. And you've got the rest of them ailments that we're not going to <laughs> yeah, list here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Republic. fact that he's on this show, uh, folks, I'm you Republic. should be Patreoning the hell out of us. Yep, which we don't. We don't have an account. Yeah, we should we should we should? But I still, I don't, I don't know. So anyway, my first pick. Yeah, and this was honestly, it's. I really did struggle with the first round of not putting this one on here, and now that I, that was a true regret. Max, Flight of the Navigator. You, could. yeah, I was gonna say Max. What's the other one though? Do you, what's the other robot that it helps Max? I oh. rewatched it this week because I wanted to make sure that I watched it because I hadn't seen it in twenty years. What is fucking show? What What's the other robot that helps Max? Ralph. R R A L F. Yep. What's it stand for? Oh God, I forgot what Sarah Jessica Parker called it. We can ta- we can tag team this. No, go. No, no, no! You have to tag team it, and then I'm gonna sing the tag. I'm team. really so, angry tag because I can only yeah. come up with three. Really? And you just took a third of. Yeah, I really had a hard time. Wow. Okay. Because I blew my load in the last one. I see. I thought after I you be... were the one that was, you were the I one thought, who said, "I know." I can I... do. We can do four parts on this. Yes, I we could have done. I, but I got. But when I started going back, I realized all the rest of the shit I want to talk about was the robots that suck. <laughs> Okay. So, anyway, Flight of the Navigator, directed by Randall Kleiser, who also directed Joe. Is it Escape to Witch Mountain? I can't remember. No, Grease, Blue Grease, Lagoon, yeah, Blue and Lagoon. the Fantabulous Big Top Wee. I didn't put them on there. Um, starring Joey Kramer. And this is the ki- this is what killed me when I did the research and watched the movie. When I was a kid. I didn't know this either. When I, I didn't either. When I was a kid, I, the, the Max, the robot, I was like... That is so great that they made him sound like Big Pee Wee Herman. Max's voice by Paul, Paul Rubens. And he actually did not take credit in the movie because he wanted he didn't want people to associate that with him. So in the credits of the movie, uh, the movie he is credited as Paul Mall. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke away if you got him, boys. Is he really? Yes. I didn't see that part. Um, so it also stars 
Sarah Jessica Parker, who, when asked about this movie, she had no fond recommendation. Uh, uh, she had no fond remembrance of it and even yelled at the person who asked the question going, it was a job. It was my first job and I took it because I wanted to get paid. Look huh. it up. There's a quote. Maybe it's a, maybe she had a bad time. No, she literally remembers nothing about the movie. She about is. shooting it or has no no recollection. It's not of it. true. But to but give to give horse face some credit, I'd say it's not true. But let's just assume she was on peyote. That makes this an interesting. Story. And I don't mean to be mean to her, but let's give her a little bit of credit. That was 1986. Yeah, I'm not. I don't remember what I did two weeks. I am not. I am not I am not poking fun mm-hmm. at her. I completely agree with that. It was over years ago, and it was probably some fan who remember who that was their one movie. I agree. I want to ask her about it, too. Yes. <laughs> I would, like too, it. but she doesn't remember anything about it. Uh, Howard Hessman, who in a rare, plays the villain. Ish. Ish. There really isn't a strong there villain. There isn't a villain. In the I movie. mean, in all fairness, with Howard Hessman, we'll, we'll, we'll villain talk about really it. Isn't the time? And, and, of course, the great Veronica Cartwright. Um, the movie's about a boy who disappears in 1978, only to appear eight years later. In 1986, having not aged a day, mm-hmm. at the same time he reappears, a spaceship crashes into some power lines and confusing the the government agency of NASA, who has a lot of power in this movie that NASA doesn't normally have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they <laughs> had a lot of bases, yeah. yeah. But they had helicopters, they had army people looking for this spaceship. Well, yeah, and they, but they had the they had that the quintessential cop 80s car with the with the with the lights on the top. Yeah. I'm like. Uh, put those on my car. So Woo! yeah, and uh, and Watch this you could put them on your boat. Uh, oh, oh, not really? It wouldn't fit, actually, James. But thanks. Yeah. So and Paul and so Max, the spaceship is actually uh, a cybernetic human being, artificial life form, uh, and Max is kind of a head, floating head in the spaceship. It's really cool if you haven't seen it. If you have a Disney Plus account, look this up. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies from my childhood, and I watched it this week and realized huh. it still holds up. Huh. In all fairness, this was on my list last week. It was mine, too. <laughs> well, I didn't talk about it last week. You could have ruined Chad's Because I didn't do all the research. I, I wanted to finish watching. I only watched half of it. Yeah. It's also the first involvement with Paul Rubin acting for Disney. Uh, a month after the film's release, he continued to perform as Pee Wee Herman for the Saturday morning children's program, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Was that for Disney? Uh, no, that was for CBS. But he for could, both. yeah, yeah. Paul uh, Pee Wee has no affiliation with Disney. I didn't think so. But his, if you watch *Fly the Navigator*, there is a lot of Pee Wee in Max later on in the movie. Once he absorbs, the, uh, what's his face's brain? Right. Literally. Yes. As soon as he absorbs the kid's brain, he suddenly starts acting like Pee Wee Herman. Yes. Um, and Max is a Trimaxian drone ship. One thing I want to add about that. So, uh, one of the prop holes, I didn't know this. Did you know about this Which part? just proves all the one of the, what? About one, of the one of the prop thing. holes of the ship. Do you know about this? No, I have the history of how it was made. Okay, well, we're going to, you can go into that part. The The prop hole is actually still featured at Walt Disney World. Which one? Where at? In the cafeteria in Tomorrowland. It's right above the drink station. It's the topper of the drink station. Well, for years, you could still see it when you, before they did away with the backlot tour. Yeah, it was at MGM. If you went, when it was MGM, you could do the backlot tour and the ship was still there. Right. For years and years and years and years. Probably up until 10 years ago. And there is a, um, one thing I did find about the research about this, and, and there's no proof that anything is connected, but there's a throwaway line 
in the movie. Uh, so they're so the whole thing about Max and the ship is they are collecting life forms from all different planets to be studied. Right. Um, and at one point, he shows the the young me, the young boy in the ship uh, some of his specimens. And one of the specimens he says is from Pixar Ellipsia. Mm-hmm. The following year, Pixar was founded. Yeah. And the other thing is too in Wall-E. The villain on the ship, the vil- the the robot villain, it looks very similar to Max from Flight of the Navigator. It does. So I, there was no proof that that was actually connected in any way, but it's it, interesting. But it was. I never thought of that. And Joe can go into the making of it, but one thing I do want to talk about about the importance of why Flight of the Navigator is so important. Uh, it was probably the first use of CGI in a movie. No. Uh, director Randall Kleiser. Uh, brought in his brother Jeff as the visual effects supervisor who oversaw the use of reflection mapping software to create the ship's chrome-like appearance. Uh-huh. Uh, the result was one of the first successful examples of what would be later known as CGI. Technically, uh, that's Rathacon. Yeah. It's a, the Genesis program. The Genesis program is the first use of CGI on film. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that, uh, there were several sites. That said, he could say whatever he wanted, but it, it's yeah. it's it's the, now that. Yeah, but it's it's a completely computer generated scene. It's computer that may be the first imagery. time that it was overlaid on a physical prop. Yeah, it's a completely. And, but the first complete one is 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 for oddly enough, Rathacon. And it was groundbreaking too for the fact that five years later they would take some of the technology that was used to make Max. The, the ship that what Max was in to make T-1000. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but go ahead about the making of Joe. Well, it was shot in, it's shot in Florida, but it's not actually all shot in Florida. It's shot in Florida mm-hmm. and... Belgium. No. I, I, for, I, actually, I, I want Norway. to say it was Norway. Yeah, it was Norway. Here's what I find fascinating. It's actually was they, <clears throat> Disney wasn't necessarily overly interested in it. They took it to Viking Films and Viking Films right. and Disney split the cost. Mm-hmm. Disney released it. Now, here's what's interesting about Norway. Do you know anything about Epcot and when it was originally built? Go ahead. No. Okay. Norway was on board for sponsoring what? Norway and Uh Epcot. Disney tried to get different countries, just like they would any sponsor, to come on. And Norway spent a lot of money sponsoring the building of Epcot. And I wondered, I couldn't find anything that connected it to. But it's awfully close of why that didn't all come together. Well, and also, too, in the movie, there is a person wearing Epcot apparel. And Epcot was only four years old at the Mm -hmm. time this movie was shot. Opened in 82, that's right. Right. So I'm curious if it had a lot to do with that, so... No, but if you haven't seen Fly the Navigator, even for 1986, the effects in that movie are still amazing. They're still pretty good. Actually, I hadn't. I saw it as a kid and loved it. And had that's one of those movies I hadn't seen, nor do I own. I hadn't seen. I hadn't <sighs> seen well that. over 20 years, man. Yeah, same here. I turned it on last Sunday, and my kid sat down, and that was it. He was right through it, and we didn't get to finish it. We finished it uh, this week, but and one of the amazing he, things, he loved it. And one of the amazing well, things about it. that movie, in, in my opinion, is it's actually two separate movies. Mm-hmm. The first 45 minutes of that movie is a creepy Twilight Zone science fiction yep. serial. And then the last 45 minutes is a buddy road trip movie. And it's it's split dead up. The moment he gets on the first 45, the first 45 minutes are that, at the 45 minute mark, he gets on that ship. When Sarah Jessica Parker gets him out and he gets into Ralph and escape. Right. Yeah. And then the last 45 minutes is a buddy road trip movie. I was actually impressed that the acting didn't suck. A lot of the effects were pretty good. And I, and don't get me wrong, it's not the greatest movie. 
but it it's pretty enjoyable to be 34 years old. Right, right up there I, with Mac and me. No, oh, much better. Much better. <laughs> much better. Much better. It wasn't a huge hit, but it wasn't a bomb either. It was a middle no. hit. I looked that up. <clears throat> yeah, which is why they didn't get a sequel. Mm. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I have no quant. The yeah. only reason there was, I argued with myself again today whether I should put it on the list because I thought one of you a holes would argue with me. Well, that's a spaceship and not a robot. The whole time I was robot. writing it, I'm like, you, not James, you were going to be the asshole who argued with me that it's well, not a robot. He also has the robot on him. Yeah, he has Ralph. Um, and I didn't look up what that stood for, but Ralph stands for something now. Yeah, yeah. I looked at, I looked at, and there, uh, the the voice of Ralph in that movie actually is somebody famous too, and I, I forgot who it was. I didn't bother to write it down. So anyway, so now I'm worried one of you two is going to steal my other throat too. But go ahead. Who's going next? You or James? James. Okay, I'm going to go back to. Uh, I, Joe said film at the beginning. I'm going to continue our pop culture roots, but I'm going to do one that became a film, and I'm going to do. Uh, the the children's story of the Iron Man, a children's story in five nights, written by Ted Hughes, which uh, in the uh, 1968 won a uh, British poet laureate. Uh, he was British poet laureate, and he wrote this children uh, story to tell his children, and he told it over five nights. Uh, it won a lot of awards, but it didn't get made into a film for a long time. And there was a problem when they wanted to make the Iron Man into a film. See, this comic company called Marvel in America had this character called Iron Man, which at the time wasn't yet a movie. And it wasn't so, actually made of iron. So when they brought it over to America, American Studios got this Brad Bird fellow uh -huh. and made the Iron Giant. But in the original story, it's different. It is a robot still. He eats farm equipment. He befriends a kid named Hogarth. Brad Bird really likes robots. But no shit. The actual story in this is that there are and JJ likes them aliens with the sloth looking things. The uh, right there, there yeah. are there are um, the government Why do of they course look like a sloth to me, but they do. They look nothing like a sloth, but they I was going to look like a sloth to me. The government is of course. Uh, so if you watch the movie, and by the way. Iron Giant may be the robot movie that has the most human heart of all the robot movies. I never watched Iron Giant until about seven or eight years ago. And really? I cried. Really? Yeah, seven or eight years ago? I watched it in my office when The it was original Netflix. story actually also involves an alien force coming down. And the Iron Giant now, also... I was in college or high school. Oh, see, it would have been the last thing I would have been interested oh, in. God, I loved it. I was interested in what, oh, oh, women. But there's a dragon that comes from outer space in the book that he also fights, and they realize the dragon actually has just been injured by war. Mm -hmm. And so it has the same message, but it goes further than the movie does. It was uh, Hughes, in 1993, wrote a follow-up called The Iron Woman, which actually dealt with uh, the human war on the environment. Iron and Woman! And the Iron Woman shows up to uh, uh, basically... Is that the Nazi that. version of Wonder Woman? Uh <laughs> The Iron Curtain. The Iron Curtain. Oh, the Iron Woman, woman cleans the Iron Curtain. Iron Woman. Um, Give me Iron more. Iron Woman. But yeah, so uh, the the story actually was originally... Yo, Vanna. The story before it was adapted by um, Warner Brothers and Brad Bird was adapted into a BBC uh, as part of the Jackanory series and Tom Baker narrated it. No, oh, Tom Baker. Not, the Dr. Tom Baker. Yes, in 1989, guitarist Pete Townsend. No from a, studying. From a book uh, from a certain band called The Who 
actually uh, performed who? the Iron Man who? musical, and it's a rock opera. So Iron who? Man was original. They got an owl in the fucking room. <laughs> who? Where? <laughs> if the owls only talk about one person, it's whom? Uh, <laughs> Where? <laughs> But if you've never seen the Iron Giant or you've never seen the book, give both a shot. But the movie does have that. I didn't know it was based on a book. I, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't either. I thought it was Brad, it was Brad Bird being no, fantastic no, as Ted always. Ted Hughes is a British poet laureate. This is why I have to do books on this show. You all have got to start reading books. And I don't mean pick up a book, put it on your hat, and go, look, it's paper hat. I read <laughs> books every night. Spot, C-spot, <laughs> C-spot, run. Boy, that Dick and Jane had some fun. Boy, you read I, that? I tell you, Pete the Cat, he sure can get into shenanigans. Shenanigans? He's, he's got those white shoes. You read that one yet? Uh, oddly enough, we don't really have any Pete the Cat. I, uh, I you say, want some? No, 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 no. He's got these white shoes. There's an entire CD that has a song on it that comes with it so your kids can enjoy it. And now Amazon has a cartoon. Pete the Cat. I know what you're talking about, though. But yes, Are you, you done? Yeah, yeah. that's an Iron Giant, but it's Iron Man anywhere but the U.S. I don't know where to go next. <laughs> hell. Go to hell. <laughs> I'm there. Go to hell and you die. I'm there. So I'm going to go a little bit more obscure, but I'm going to stick on Disney Plus streaming. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Is he doing TikTok? <laughs> what are you squeezing your can for? I'm waiting to hear what your second pick is. He Vincent. Went. Okay. And Bob and Maximilian from The Black Hole, the one of the worst movies I've ever saw, that <laughs> I can't stop looking at it. Christy got pissed the other day and said, really? Really? And it is. Man, have you watched? Boy, that's I some bad it. acting. I have not been able to make my way through Max, it. Max. Uh, oh, it's not that bad. Who's the villain, Max? Uh, Maximilian. Yeah. The villain robot, the maroon, is Maximilian. But who plays the actual villain? The the, the... Oh, yeah, it's Max... Uh, uh, shit, the German guy. I'm so sorry. It's not By the way, if I... Though, is it? No. No, but no, it finally... Uh, after watching Schnell The Black Hole, I, now I have a reference for the, why I find C-Lab 2021 even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So, you know the best character in that movie is Vincent. Voiced by Roddy McDowell, the robot. Now, the robot itself, Vincent, and then Bob is is, is a beat-up version that they find there. Yeah, who's been, voiced yeah. by Slim Pickens. And neither one of them get credit for that. No. They're uncredited for it. So, so Roddy McDowell is the the one that see on Sea Live 2021. He has the silver top and the red the red cylinder yeah. with the eyes. Okay. That's, by the way, though. Who busts out his teeth. <laughs> flip, flip side real quick. Outside of black, I don't mean to interrupt your robot, but wouldn't you have loved to see like a buddy cop film where Slim Pickens plays a Texas sheriff that has to team up with a proper like British inspector, where it was played by Roddy? I Vendell? thought you were going to say a proper robot. Yeah, wouldn't you? Ed two oh nine Slim like, Pickens. He's pew, with, pew, pew, pew. He's with uh, Scotland Yard. This guy doesn't mow his yard. <laughs> this fall, they're going to fight crime. <laughs> I would watch that movie today. All right. It was directed by Gary Nelson. While the voices of main Robert are provided by Roddy McDowell and, and Slim Pickens, I'm, uh, I don't want to go too much into it because I think we've talked a little bit about the black hole in a previous episode. It was it was the Disney friendly version of Event Horizon. Well, do you know the the history behind it? Technically, yes, it probably did get greenlit because of Star Wars. 
But it, it had been around since the early 70s. And some it of the was special actually, effects on it are technically above Technically, they're better because they wouldn't Lucas they wouldn't pay Lucasfilm for the... It was so, too expensive. So they, so they built their, their own, own. They created their own stuff. It was a tracking system that they created. Disney created. What I was going to say was, actually, the original premise was called... I forgot what it... It, it, it was a different... It was, uh, it was like Space Probe 1 or something like that. And what they were ripping off wasn't Star Wars. They were ripping off Poseidon Adventure and the Towering Inferno. They wanted to do a big disaster movie in, in space, space because everybody else the disaster movie. So they got wrote a script, didn't work. Executive quit. Wrote another script, didn't work. The executive quit and then retired. Wrote another script, didn't work. Executive came back from retirement. Star Wars came out. That's how it ended up being the black hole. It got rewritten about two dozen times. Wow! And they finally called it the black hole because that's where all the money going in. Because that's where their market research thought. Well, it was a big thing in the late seventies about black hole and how they were discovering them. Let me tell you a couple of things. Although, back to what I was originally saying. To me, rewatching it now. The acting's awful, considering that there's several great actors. There's Robert Forrester's in that. Uh, The German Anthony Perkins is in it. For Anthony Perkins is in it. Uh, What's oh, gee, many Christmas? Why did my mind just go blank? Anthony Perkins, Robert Forrester, Ernest Borgnine's in it. Yeah, completely miscast. Well, you know, it's like so miscast. Anthony Perkins obviously has a wide range, Uh and he is playing everything straight face. Mm -hmm. It's like he's just reading cue cards. That's why it just well, pulls me and, out of and, it. And, and I didn't so, realize it came out the same month as Star Trek: The Motion Picture. So much Did of you know it. That? Also, Damn, that might have been a that was a snooze month for everybody. Two of the most boring. Well, movies. Star Trek came out first. It came out the first of December, and it came out. And Say what you will about Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Pretty. It's about two hours long. Yeah, <laughs> it's and pretty it, too. And it has Kirstie Alley. No, it no, it doesn't. <laughs> she has, it has Ilya, uh, which was played by. What were you going to say here? There. No, what I was going to say about it is, I think the black hole. I mean, what, I, what the black hole? The reason it's watchable is it's pretty, and it does try to have some commentary on what it means to be human because the robots are almost more human. Than A the little, actors. but what I really love is Vincent. And rewatching it, Roddy McDowell is the only person in that movie delivering a performance, and the fucker didn't get credit for it on the screen. It's I don't know why it upset me so much, but he's that's you, the most memorable character is Vincent, <coughs> voiced by Roddy McDowell. Really quick, i got to finish this, okay? Here's what I find fascinating about this. Okay. <clears throat> In 2014, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson declared the film to be the least... Now think about all the movies that have been made. (laughs) I want you to think about it real hard. The least scientifically accurate movie of all time. Okay. Criticizing the film, he noted, they not only got none of the physics right about falling into a black hole, had they gotten it right, it would have been vastly more interesting. Is all that man does is watch movies and bitch about how scientifically inaccurate they were? No, he probably looks at stars when he's not defending all the lights on in New York City and how I'm that's just called saying. night pollution or whatever. It, it's like yeah, it's like because he's some, isn't he the main uh, reason J- James Cameron went back and redid the stars in Titanic because he bitched about that too. But I will agree with him. I'm not the saying exact point that they took the time to get the China right, but, but you, you couldn't take the time. I agree with to that. Okay, hold on, you two, you. Th- 
all three of us on more than one occasion have sit here and said, it's a fucking movie. <laughs> no, but I agree with him on that simply no, because no, of I, I all the agree. amount of detail that they spent on Titanic. It's not like they did space Titanic Futurama. I, I, and that's what I was about to say. They if, did Titanic, and they took the time to get the silverware right. Yeah, and the stairway. and every, I mean, if Everything. you're going to go and make sure the car is the actual car that would, would have been in there, and that they did all that <laughs> they research. They didn't pick up the Blue Bastard 85 Chevrolet pickup. And <laughs> no, no, but up. I mean, that, 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 there's that's a, been funny. There's the full that. story of that car. Yeah. But the, 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 I agree with, I know, I, he, but, I completely um, all. Black no, Hole, if I, I don't see it's not well. the sci-fi argument I, at all. I, I, How do you the, not see your argument? Because it's the same fucking thing. It's just a movie. They Enjoy just, the movie. Don't look up at the stars and go, oh, this constantly. Blah, blah, blah. It takes you out of it. I disagree, and here's my reason. You took it's your people. So when you saw that movie, it's because now you watch that movie and it pisses you off that you go, oh, no, the stars No, because right. I didn't have that amount of knowledge. But right. if I had that amount of knowledge about Tate's Creek fucking bridge and road every time, it took me out of Justified. Justified. Yeah, I agree. You all and laugh people about watch that. It, yeah, because it's funny. I don't, does not accurate. They couldn't have took some time to look at a map. All right. What I was going to say, by the way, though, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, own, I own the special edition of Black Hole, because uh-huh. uh, I'm a purist. It goes right next to that special edition of Tron. Three disc, not two. Two is the poser edition. They didn't need it uh, Hold on, I got to go ahead. But what I was going to say is, the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't there a get shooting range scene with the robots yes! in Black Hole? Yes. Okay, that's what I remember the most. <laughs> Their exchange at the shooting range. And to me, the robots... It's the only the interesting robots, character in them. I mean, there are me, other look, interests. He's the only one giving a performance. Well, the robots, too, I mean, Everybody are made to be... Check. The robots are the only kid-friendly part of that movie, really. It's a little dark. It was much darker through development. I, I didn't write all of it down because then we just start talking about... Instead the movie, of the robots but I mean... The but the movies. robots are, as far, as far as what a kid's going to respond to... Robots are about the only thing that I mean. That was when Disney was doing some really kind of adultish films. Well, Disney uh, had lost its way. Something like, uh, and the other one that comes to mind is something wicked this way yeah, comes. Something wicked this way comes, based on the Ray Bradbury book over in my collection. One of these days, I probably should read Bradbury. <laughs> 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 Who's next, Jed? I'll get there. Well, you there, are, you all... we'll, here we'll do a robot intersection. <laughs> one one zero 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 one 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 zero. All right. One, one, one. So my next. If you're a robot. There you go. So I am going down again the Disney Plus uh, option and making a uh, bringing up the one James brought up earlier. <laughs> Jeez, that crackers. TikTok. Return to Oz. <laughs> TikTok, by the way, is originally is a from. Or is yeah, that a, he's a robot. He's no, no, all no, gears. No, is he, he, yeah, but he isn't is. that different though? Oh Wouldn't that be no, no? Because I have to defend Chad here. A, a motor, Oz, what is what are they called? Oz from Ozma. Automatons. Oz from Ozma, which is based is what Return to Oz is largely based on. It's a book. Oz from I'm sorry, Ozma from Oz. Oz, yeah. Um, and it specifically said he is not like the Tin Man. He is a robot. robot. No, 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 it no. It uses the definition of robot for okay. him in the text. Okay, well, I'm not... Clearly, he's still angry about James Cameron and Neil deGrasse. I don't give a shit. I just think you're... you're no, 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 I don't give a... I know, I agree with James. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, clearly you don't. But anyway, <laughs> clearly... Can I just have my family back? <laughs> I mean, it's all right. You got a certain set of skills. Uh, that's what we're saying. I'm saying, is there a different in the definition though between a robot and like what are they called? Are they called automatons? Well, like, the well, they, they, like if you're watching, what's what's this? Of course, the really good 3D Scorsese film. What are those called? 
Oh shit! The other te- the, the other one. fact about TikTok is uh, Hugo. Hugo. Clockworks. Yeah, whatever. those clock. What are those called? Well, and that was the thing. It depended on where they came from because the term robot is actually from Sweden. Yeah. Because and it's it meant automaton. Yeah. And so okay. It's the same thing. So it's it's it, it depends on what language you're using. And actually, I, I I'm just asking. And no, no, TikTok I, I, is right. and TikTok is credited as. And Jake told me to ask, so you hit him. TikTok is uh, generally considered one of the earlier robots to appear in literature, even though the term was not even coined until after Frank Baum's de- L. Frank Baum's death. Yeah. So it was. What the, was he, it called? Uh, I don't have that information, but he it wasn't called a robot. Um, but he was called TikTok in the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, Return to Oz was directed by Walter Murch. Uh, this is actually the only film he ever directed. He, he wrote some stuff, right? He's he's mainly uh, in the audio field. He has a lot of credits in sound departments. Maybe he worked on Godfather it. Part Two, The Conversation, and The English Patient, to name a few. He has a long list of work in audio. Maybe I think I mixed up with somebody else. Um, it was actually written by uh, Merch and Gil Dennis. From uh, he wrote I walk. Uh, he wrote Walk the Line. Uh, TikTok was actually done by three people: Michael Sedin and Tim Rose. If you do, you know who Tim Rose is, Admiral Akbar and Howard the Duck, mm. uh, and it was voiced by Sean Barrett. Uh, Mike Sedan, Mike Sundin, I think is how you actually pronounce his name. He's actually a gymnast. Uh, he he was actually the one inside the robot. Uh, he stood upside down with legs bent and backwards inside TikTok's body to move the legs, and he used a monitor inside the robot and actually to uh, to navigate around. So it was pretty cool, and it had to have been completely uncomfortable. Um, the one cool thing about um, this too, he was referred to as a machine man. Sorry, I just wanted to. Oh, a machine man. That's right. Because the term robot hadn't been created yet, he is introduced as a one of a kind machine man, and the card on his back says "Patent Double Action Extra Responsive Thought Creating Perfect Talking Mechanical Man Fitted with Our Special Clockwork Attachment Thinks, Speaks, Acts, and Does Everything But Live." That hmm. was his full time. Right. And uh, the other thing too about. TikTok is he's been wild, wildly appearing in several different forms. There's actually a play dedicated solely to TikTok. Well, he was, in, I mean, because Ozma from Oz, I think, was the second book in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And he is, he was created by the Scarecrow, who was king at that point. Mm-hmm. And he was created for the sole purpose of waiting for Dorothy's return. Right. Well, he's actually there, and well, and, and this uh, and it differs in the movie because in the movie it's actually Oz's army, which makes no sense because they're constantly have to be wound up, like the whole army of but Oz. That's is, actually, I mean, that is part of his thing is he is the leader of the royal army of Oz, and they're all TikToks, they're all mechanical. Uh, no, because in the movie they are. There's the Shaggy Man is, which I don't think ever Shaggy Man's not in. Shaggy Man's not in it. Um, it's a man that's shaggy looking, Joe. I won't spend too much information on this, but I do want to mention something about the actual filming of this. Because when I did research, I didn't know about the filming of it, about how awful it was. You talked about the black hole. Walter Murch was actually fired for, in the middle of the movie because, again, this was his first, this was his directorial debut. And he kept falling behind schedule, so much so that Disney lost all confidence. The movie was supposed to go cost $20 million. It actually went $8 million over budget. They fired him, and he they fired act- during filming or after post production. During, because uh, the studio found the dailies lacking mm-hmm. and Murchie uh, slow shooting pace. It was just they just couldn't take it anymore. So they let him go, and he found out 
secondhand from somebody that they were letting him go. Um, it took it took him. <laughs> it's got to suck. I don't care who you are. It's like, oh yeah, sorry you got fired. What? Yeah. <laughs> and it took some very powerful friends of his, Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas, all to call Disney and say, hire him back, which they eventually did. Um, Lucas even offered to take over directing him himself should March, March fall behind schedule again. Merch finished the film on schedule, though while in post-production, studio management changed again. Um, the new executives had little faith in him or the movie, so it just kind of got released. And he's a have, film editor. He's Yeah. He's also, oh, you said sound. I'm well, he's, he does a lot of work in sound, too. Oh, okay. It's actually, if you go on his IMDb page, sound department is his number one listing. Hmm. <clears throat> So uh, it was doomed. It had a, it had limited it had limited promotion and a short theatrical run. So it never really did have a chance for succeeding. So they just dumped it. They just dumped it because they had little faith in the movie, and now it's a cult classic. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a good way to give your children nightmares. It is a cult classic. My kids loved it, and I was I was. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got your blanket over your head going. Uh, when 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 um oh what's the witch's name? I'm forgetting. I, everybody <clears throat> I know is always petrified of the wheelies. Well, and I thought when the the witch came out with her her many heads, I thought my kids were going to be terrified. I'm like, kids, let's turn this off. They're like, no, daddy, I want to watch it. And I had to tell them, I'm like, look, this lady is going to take her head off. There are going to be a bunch of heads. They are going to scream in absolute terror. They're like, okay. And then the time came, and they're like, ah, dad, that wasn't that bad. And my four year old was like, I like this. <laughs> it's like, I'm proud of you, but at the same time, I'm terrified. This is this is just like I'm going to keep all your heads later. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my first one TikTok my second one I'm going to go TikTok, with a, a, a literary one again uh, this one never has been a has movie has this been a book that we've read maybe someone's read if you've read more it, likely not if you read things uh, if you've ever read any uh, science fiction that connected to steampunk yes um, we're out I like, I like Altered Carbon Okay, well, you actually the probably book? should read this. Or the show. show. And I, I have this as an audio book if you want to read it, because it is... I kind of liked Dr. Carter, but I finished it. It is like Hitchhiker's... But I can't tell you if I liked it. It's kind of like American Horror Story. I watched a bunch of those seasons, but I, I can't... Gonna... I agree with you on American Horror Story. I actually liked Altered Carbon. I, I, found it I was going to read Altered Carbon, but my favorite character from the show, I found out isn't in the book, and I actually made me lose interest. Yeah, Poe's not in the Poe's book. Poe's not in the book? No, it's a... There's a it's a copyright issue in the oh. book. I think it's it's uh, I'm I'm gonna blank. Oh somebody. yeah, that is the best part. But, I've yeah. compl- I was like, who the hell's Poe? Oh, yeah, the talking about Edgar Allan yeah. Poe. And in the book, it's a comedian, and they couldn't they couldn't get the right suit, so they changed it to Edgar Allan Poe because that's all public domain. <laughs> and I was like, ah, no, you lost Poe. I was like, I wanted to read more about Poe. Um, I think it's a comedian. Don Rickles, please tell me. Oh my God! Actually, if it's Don Rickles, I would have read it. (laughs) I would read it now. Um, Come on in, pig face. (laughs) Oh my God! (laughs) No, this is oh, you lost me. Oh, anyway, um, K. W. Jeter is the author, and K. W. Jeter, for those of you that don't know, writes a lot of dystopian uh, fiction. But oddly enough, he has become uh, linked permanently. For good or ill, and a lot of people are used to his detriment, because he had the misfortune and the fortune, it cuts both ways, as he himself says, of coming up with the term steampunk. He, Blaylock, and I'm forgetting the other author, Mookie befriended Blaylock from the Atlanta Hawks? Sure. Befriended... What's an Atlanta Hawk? Is that hockey? That's basketball, <laughs> Joe. 
befriended Dominic Wilkins. Spud I Webb. swear to God, you might as well be speaking German to me. Okay, well, KW, Actually, I know more German than you I know. know Spud Webb. I know Sean Webb. I went to high school. Ah, with him. shit. <laughs> you know Bugsy Malone. Is that a you player? You know old man <laughs> Triffords. Who did you say? <laughs> Bugsy Malone. I know no, it. There's a Bugsy Bogue. You were close. <laughs> no, I was no, like, Bugsy Jesus. Malone was a gangster. I, I know like, who Bugsy Malone is. Well, that, I do too. I saw the picture. Old man Abernathy killed me. <laughs> Which one? Gangster? <laughs> I know old man Abernathy. <laughs> old man Abernathy killed me. <laughs> if anybody asked. I did this because of old man Abernathy. Five people are going to get that joke. Maybe. Um, so you saw that Bugsy Malone movie, Gangsters? No. <laughs> Played by Richard Grinko. KW Jeter. Bugsy. Carl Malone, Utah Jazz. I saw Jazz. in the theater, oddly enough. Please tell me you know who the postman is. The postman? Oh, oh that's a Yeah, it's Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to deliver that mail. But you know, oddly enough, I never saw it. I've actually seen it. God, that movie's terrible. Is it worse than Waterworld? Waterworld's fun. Waterworld's fun. Postman's not. It has even it has William Will Payton in it. James, what I don't what are you talking about? I was trying steampunk. So, KW Jeter created the term steampunk. And he actually did it in a letter to Locus, science fiction magazine. Mm. Because they, they were not at, the actual buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say buzzer? I don't to know. Say bugs. Anyway, he sent a he they were interviewing authors or asking authors to send in letters of what they thought the next big trend would be and he goes well me and some of my friends have been writing Victorian science fiction so it's probably going to be something like a steampunk the name stuck he did that in the early early 80s and it is now linked him I've, that's one um, of the things I always, always want to ask David Shaw who if we could get him on the show because he's the one that, that uh, he's the one that coined the term splatterpunk well and that's what he actually 80s. made made the uh, comment KW Jeter said it used to be trendy that if you were doing something that wasn't traditional, you just had punk in it. Punk too, yeah. Splatter, because it's the same thing from that, the '80s with all the the blood. Yeah, the it's punk. called splatter punk. Yeah, and uh, but KW Jeter is linked to steam. Google it. One of I'm his not... books, um, and there's a bunch of books that now have this title or series that use this title, but his was the first Infernal Devices. Have you said the name of the robot yet? I'm just curious. No, no, because okay. the robot... We I, haven't even got to the story about I, the robot. Well, y'all have spent time talking about Bugsy Malone fighting Muggsy Bogue. You're the one who brought up Bugsy, Bugsy Malone. And I, every time you say it, I think of a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Whose well, last name is Bunny. You probably... You really should read Infernal Devices because it is... I'll it, put it on my queue. It is... <laughs> It is considered steampunk, but it is like Hitchhiker's Guide Go to the Galaxy. Go look next to my bed. The queue's getting long. Uh, it's, I've got Not on, to on, get in bed with me. Uh, just the books. No, no. that No. There's, the there's queue to get in bed with me is tumbleweeds. <laughs> there's dust bunnies. Shows there's a small orphan child <laughs> going, where is everyone? <laughs> uh, Joe's queue, he's really trying hard to be Minnesota Fats. But... Uh, the the so the entire that was a book. Lame-ass joke, I know. It's uh the book is not about a robot just, at no, all. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Jake like, just fucked us. It's like <laughs> you did that to yourself years ago. You can't put that on me. There's no robots. <laughs> There's no Infernal robots. Devices is about Mister Dower, and Mister Dower's it's the son of. The elder Mr. Dower is written in Victorian times. His father a was a robot, was a mechanical genius. Automaton. That, that happened <laughs> There's to There's no electricity. Can they be a robot? That created a device that will destroy the world based on harmonics. That's what the actual story is about. But his father also 
created a robot, modeled it on his son, but made it obsessed with the violin and sex, and named it the Paganini Con after the famous Italian violinist Paganini. Would you use the word famous? <laughs> you really have never heard the name Paganini? No! Have you, Chad? I want to say I have, but I can't. I say thought that. it was a sandwich. You get one of the Paganini. I'm, really, I'm not being sarcastic. Things. I'm kind of shocked. Paganini was. It puts the little Paganini things on it when is, you put it on it. You've been, the, you've been to one of them places where the white women get the Paganini sandwiches. Panera bread? Panini, maybe. Paganini, <laughs> Panini, what's the difference? Paganini is. Is I want Paganini the reason no, actually, you know the bread's too rough. The reason that it I, is kind of I rough. assumed you would know Paganini is there's two reasons. One was he he was famous for the amount of women that he bedded, and that he had children with that never married, but nobody said anything about him because he was a he was a musical virtual. He was a composer, mm-hmm. uh, violinist, um, guitarist, all of that stuff. He and was a guitar man from seventeen <laughs> Jerry Reed. Now there's a man. Seventeen eighty to eighteen forty-two is a man. The other reason, though, I thought you would know him is he pops up a lot in horror references because he was one of the first musicians that allegedly made a deal with the devil to get his talent at the crossroads with Jerry Reed. Yes, yes. Him and Jerry Reed both met with the devil at the same time in 1780. Now I want to start singing Guitar Zan. Guitar Zan. <laughs> anyway. Let's do a trip. Infernal Devices, the Paganini Con, steals the life of... This sounds like something out of Hellraiser. Steals the life of Mr. Da- Mr. Dower the Junior, after Mr. El- Dower the Elder dies. Mr. Dower... But you should read this because it has H.P. Lovecraft type references. There's these these uh, fish creatures. There's uh, steampunk. I mean, he he helped yeah. create the field, and but the robot in it literally like the first time he meets the robot, he's talking about sleeping with a woman right next to him. But the robot was made in his image, and he has the entire realization that this robot has been intimate with way way more women. And you should also read the book because it. It is satirical and horrific at the same time. It does a great job. And by the end of the book, I won't tell you how the book ends, but it has one of the best endings of how they stop the world from being destroyed I have ever read. And I've read what? quite a few books. You honestly want to know how it ends? I don't think this will ever end. <laughs> well, I won't tell you then. You should really check it out, though. It is it, it is one of the more interesting ways of how the world will be destroyed. Did and you how listen to this in audiobook? Uh, yes. Was it, done, was it in Italian? Was it read no. by Paganini's? No, no. It. I, I listened to it as an audiobook, and I do have the audiobook, but then I read it because I wanted to read the actual ending to make sure it went. It, because I was like, did they end the book that suddenly? I and lo- sure enough, they do. I want to hear an audiobook done with a really bad Italian accent. He came at me with a knife. <laughs> Oh no, the big meatball. But yes, Paganini Con is a he robot. just pissed off Italy. It's they're not t- like they're going to side with the Nazis for a while. Oh, crap. They're too busy riding their scooters going, <laughs> anyway, anyway, Paganini. Thank you, Eddie Izzard. In, <laughs> Infernal <laughs> Devices uh, by K.W. Jeter. Check it out because it does have... Oh, Derek Jeter? I was going to say he, Michael Jeter, actually. Who's Michael Jeter? Wouldn't That's the guy that's an actor. It was on Evening Shade, didn't he? I, I don't know. He's dead, guy. though. He's, He's like also... You, you, you'll know him, uh, Chad. He's also uh, that, that guy that pops up with Elmo. See, uh, I, you know the guy, that, of, and there's a different one. He died. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then now it's like, so it's Mister So and So, and then now it's, it's his Mr. brother. Mr. Um, 
shit, I wouldn't know. They, there's another guy that plays him now. No, yeah. well, it's I not. Never, the, they actually have different because there's one episode when they were transitioning before the other guy actually passed away where they meet. Yeah, he, and I saw it with my kids. And last then week. he has he has <laughs> like his cousin and his yeah. brother, and they all show up. Yeah, yeah. All right, Joe, what's your second pick? My. Feel my your guys are so good, and I feel like mine's lame. Oh yeah, no, no, you just ripped mine apart. Go ahead, I'll rip yours apart. I won't because I'm not that person. But it's hard not to bring him up because I think he has a big influence, and it's probably it, Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Oh, he yeah. was on my list. I just no, no, he was going to be. I mean, that was going to be mine. I assumed one of y'all were going to take him because he is so. I. He's the, iconic. Yeah. The movie was directed by John Badham. If you don't know who that is, he he directed. Uh, uh, why can't I think of Saturday Night Fever? He directed Saturday Night Fever, the Dracula with uh, with Franklin Jello. He directed <clears throat> anyway. Something Joe never says to anyone. <laughs> Get it out of my mouth. Get it out of my mouth. I can't talk. I didn't. He, Tim Blaney did the voice of him. Did you know that Johnny Five was the most expensive thing on that movie? That a th- almost a third of the budget was spent on those Johnny. That Fives? completely makes sense to me, though. Because even as puppetry, I it was so. I mean, did it? But I, I haven't think watched the, it in a long time, and I, I, think I really the, need to go back and look at it. I then. think the, even the amount of, I mean, the articulation yeah, of the even eyes. his eyebrows, yeah. because they can pivot inward, they can raise up. Because he does the Groucho Marx thing where he right. raises them up, but he also does when he gets angry, they go. I mean, I, I can see that. The Do you mechanical... know who designed him? Do you guys know who Sid Mead is? He was a he was a visualist, a futurist. No, he famous for his work on Blade Runner and Tron. Oh, okay. He said me. Oh. did all the art. Real well, quick, Short Joe. Circuit Disney. No. Real okay. quick, Joe. Uh, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but you Good. said, why should you know K.W. Jeter? I said he got tied to steampunk. The reason you might be interested in K.W. Jeter is... I'd like to read the book, dude. I just no, no, don't know when I'll have her time. But, no, but his... Uh, his After he wrote that, he came to the attention... His He basically got a patron saint that helped push him forward and get his name out there and got him a bunch of deals. And that man was Philip K. Dick because he thought the way he wrote robots was so great. And mm. K.W. Jeter became the only authorized for a long period of time person that was allowed to write Philip K. Dick authorized follow-ups to Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep wow. and Blade Runner. So, there you go. Sorry. So, interesting enough, I know we, we talked about movies way too much more than we do the robot. Johnny Five, if you've never seen Short Circuit, you probably should. It's a little saccharine sweep. I'm going to get into some of the issues and some of the things. and I'm going to tell you a story made by one of your favorite character actors of all time who talks about this in detail. One of the problems is, though, and I also realize it, is a lot of the pop culture references are dated now. I haven't seen it in a long time. when you, I mean, he quotes a lot. Of, when he you gotta of, go, you gotta go, but don't squeeze the Charmin. Well, yeah, because that's Mr. Whipple. I mean, that, that, but that's because he's watching television. Yeah. yeah, so they're, he. They're, I mean, it's logical, but if you just show it to a kid now, if I yeah, show it yeah. to my kids, they're like, well. So the story of Short Circuit is there's a bunch of these robots that are able to, they're made by the military. One of them gets struck by lightning. Right. And develops its own artificial intelligence. Yeah. And becomes alive. Right? Yeah. Right. Yep, there you go. Number Steve five is, is alive. alive. Right. So Fisher Stevens <laughs> Four is a whole was originally tr- hired to play Ben Jabitra. Now Fisher Stevens is an American. Right, he's playing an Indian yeah. in this movie. And right? a, with a very, it wouldn't he would this would not go over today. The character was not intended to be Indian. Stevens was fired and replaced by 
Bronson Pinchot. Oh. <laughs> at one point. But then Pinchot left to do the sitcom. Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers. Uh, for, uh, and Stevens was rehired. I thought you might find that. That I is did. actually fun. Once again, that's... To portray those... the role, he had to grow a beard, dye his hair black, darken his skin. Right. Basically wore blackface. Right. And with makeup, and turn his eyes blue to brown. Which, and he was... And speak the... with an East Indian accent and walk hunched over like a, cric- like a cricket play. Yeah. So every horrible stereotype you yeah. could think of of an Indian. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, uh, he was the feature role in... Short Circuit too. He's the main actor. In yeah, Short him Circuit and Michael too. McKean. So Short Circuit was was a was not a huge hit, but it was a hit when yeah. it came out. Oh, it I remember money, when so. it came out, and I mean, I didn't I get to see it in theaters. I but, saw Short Circuit too in theaters, but there were tons I of. Too. I can remember people owned it on VHS, yeah. and people that didn't own a lot of movies owned Short Circuit. Uh, anyway, G.W. Bailey and I was thinking about this. That has two people from Police Academy. G.W. Bailey is the guy tracking them. Right, and Steve Gutenberg is the is the computer. I didn't, I haven't, I didn't know G.W. Bailey was in it. Yeah, he's the guy who's who's after Johnny Five. Wow, he's the army guy. I so, tell you what, on. it's yet another reason Steve Gutenberg being in that film. We should all thank the. I have cutters. to read this. I don't mean to because, but if I don't read it, I'll I'll miss some stuff. One of Chad's favorite character actors, a guy named Austin. Pendleton? Pendleton, that's right. <laughs> Had gone to college with Short Circuit director John Batten. Okay. <laughs> okay, you guys ready for this? Said some stuff was cut uh, Some stuff was cut out of my part, and also the two leading roles were cast with really talented, attractive people who were not right for the parts. <laughs> Hold on, it gets better. The script was just heartbreakingly beautiful to read. And now it's nice to now it's a nice little slightly bland kids movie. Nothing exactly wrong with it. Those two people who are in the leads, we both know who they are, Steve Bootenberg and, and Alice Sheedy, Sheedy, are good, very likable, easy to work with people, and I've done some good work. They just weren't the people that were written in the script. Right. In any way, shape, or form. Stephanie. Yeah, hold on. And I, I said to John when it was about to open, why did you cast them? And he said, that's what the studio insisted on. And it sort of ended the discussion. I said, okay, the film kind of works, but again, it was going to have to have been quite Sorry. a beautiful film. According to Pendleton, the role Steve Gutenberg ended up playing was a person who could not... So the original engineer who built Johnny Five, the Steve Gutenberg played, he plays him as his goofy... He plays Gutenberg, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not how it was written. It was written as a person who would not relate to other human beings, so he poured all that into the creation of the robot. Well, Steve, he's a lovely guy, and I think he's talented. He had a wonderful kind of charisma, very easy, but utterly social. And by the way, we're talking about high spirit Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, and I think he, very engaging and open with people. He's wonderful to be on a movie with, but he's not that character. Right. He does not bring on screen with him the problem that the character in that movie has. The perfect person for the role 20 years earlier would have been Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. I just a short circuit two came out just two years after that, and there was a script for a third one in '89, rewritten in '90, but it was unsatisfactory to the people who held the rights, and so they were scrapped it. Johnny Five, I haven't went back to rewatch it. I really wanted to go, and I, I don't even know where I could find it. No, you know? I, uh, he also later DVD appeared and... in an episode of Home, which I'm not for sure what that is. He was in some cold facts. He was in an educational film and something called Hot Cars. Well, for a brief there, for, for a brief moment there, he was a pop culture icon, Johnny Five. 
Yeah. And there have been numerous talks about making doing a remake or a reboot, and it just has never come through. It's I, never I think at one point it was a movie, and then they were going to do a TV show. Half a dozen directors. Actually, there was two fairly famous directors, and I don't remember who they were because I didn't. Because then it got, I started getting into the weeds. Yeah. Because the other thing I wanted to talk about with it is how much he looks like someone else, and who is that, Chad? How what other famous robot looks just like Johnny Five? Oh, Wally. Wally. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go down the rabbit hole to see why. Okay. But you know, one of the reasons that uh, one of the reasons. But one I of think... our favorite favorite robots, one of our favorite, well, my actually probably one of my, if not my favorite Pixar film, is Wally. Same here. Well, Top think, two or three at least. I think the thing though about but Johnny Wally Five, does look a damn. His head is Johnny Five's Five. Head. Yeah. One of the things about Johnny Five though that is also why we should talk about him in a robot is he is he becomes, I mean he becomes alive. Yes. And that's so he is a robotic Pinocchio for lack of a better term. He eventually becomes alive, which a lot of the robots we talk about don't. I mean no, they're yeah. robots. They're robots. He is sentient. Needs input. Yeah, I forgot about that. I haven't seen it in a long time. What's the last I, time you guys watched? Man, over it's probably around the same time I watched Flight of the Navigator. Probably about five. <laughs> last years week. Ago. <laughs> probably about five years ago for me because I loved that movie as a kid. And, and if it's on at four a.m. in the morning, I will stop and watch Short Circuit. And Johnny Five. You know, I used to. You know that generic juice stuff. I don't know if it's generic. I don't mean to generic juice. Five Alive. We call that purple drink. Five Alive, have you ever seen the juice? It's a mix of five juices. It was called Five Alive. No. When I was a kid, look this up, folks, if you Google it. uh, But Five Alive was like a punch drink. You know, the frozen juice that you add water to, the condensed stuff? Yeah, yeah. uh, There was one called Five Alive, and when I was a kid, I was convinced that was a uh, a Johnny Five Five? short circuit tie-in. It's not. (laughs) But yes, Five Alive, look it up. It was a juice drink, and I was convinced that was somehow connected to Short Circuit. I'll look it up when it's not my turn to go. <laughs> Whose turn is it? It's my turn. There you go. <clears throat> so, we haven't really talked about Star Wars. I'm not going to talk about R2-D2 or C-3PO. I'm going to talk about KS-2O. That was my alternate. <laughs> What's that say, motherfucker? <laughs> so, hey, Joe, I've got one for you. I'll, I'll text it to you so you can do it instead. Go ahead, Chad. KS2O. If this is silent running, I'm punching you in no, the face. No, no, no. From, no. from Rogue One. Yeah. Probably one of the top three best Star Wars films ever made. Man, you can't. I, I now have narrowed it down. Okay. I mean, the first act is not. The last act is one of the best. Best Star Wars films ever made. The last two thirds of it. I agree with you. The whole part, the whole part where they're actually chasing Forrest Whitaker is kind of boring. That, but it, after it makes that, no sense. Actually, if you just remove everything from, oh yeah, I can't do it though. What's his name? I don't know, but it ties into somebody else yeah. that did voice work here. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, go ahead. So, yeah, from about the time when they let her out, yeah, till. I don't know. What do you think? When they kill her dad? Right about that time? That yeah. fight scene? If you remove that, it's the best Star Wars. It may very well be, be the best, the best Star, Star Wars, Wars movie. Yeah. It's right I, there with Empire. I agree. Star Wars. That and, third act is tough. Yeah. Hard and, to beat, man. And honestly, I believe KS2O voiced and it was mocap. 
by Alan Tudyk, mm-hmm. one of the best actors out there to this day, bar none. 180 degrees different and a thousand times better than the robot that they did for Solo. Yeah, Vo- uh, which was voiced by Phoebe Waller-Bridge mm-hmm. from Fleabag, Amazon's Fleabag. Yeah. But uh, Rogue One, directed by Gareth Gareth Edwards, who... That's a whole other story. Yeah. Godzilla and monsters, which you can chime into because I don't have anything on that. About Gareth Edwards and how he was removed. Well, he, he they brought in What's-His-Face, who wrote the Bourne movies. Oh, to uh, redo Tony the, Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. Who was a yeah, Bourne movies and Armageddon. And Chris White. Well, Gilroy let it slip on a podcast well, he was, it sounds very egotistical if you can find and listen to it about how he saved that movie. Oh, really? Yes. Go find it. Oh, I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. Well, you know, at the same time, knowing Gareth, because Gareth Edwards is mostly known for three movies. This, Godzilla, and Monsters, right? Two of those movies, you hardly see the monsters. That's true. Any, so, well, I, I, I like... I, if you listen to other people talk... He they play he they played nice in the sandbox till the very end. Yeah, okay. and and they still there's no there wasn't a lot of I, out of the two of them. If you listen to it, Tony Gilroy clearly had the more condescending tone. Gotcha. In Rogue One, it's really great, and you know we're gonna talk. Well, I want to talk more about KS two O Alan Tudyk. He is a very uh, cynical robot with a lot. He likes to insult the main character played by Felicia. Uh, day, yeah, Felicia Day. Um, one thing, uh, one of the cool facts I found about the uh, when I was doing Felicia my research, day? I probably have that wrong. No, Felicia Jones. Felicia Jones. Yeah, no, Felicity Jones. Uh, Anthony Daniels, who played C three PO, mm-hmm. was jokingly disgruntled that Alan Tudyk was allowed to play uh, the KS two O. Yeah, Felicity Jones, by the way. Okay, was a KS two O in a relatively comfortable motion capture suit, <laughs> where Daniels had to wear endure. Years of discomfort and injuries using the C-3PO costume. Um, Daniels laughingly cursed at Tudyk um, after Rogue One's premiere. And Tudyk later said that the fuck you from Daniels was one of the highest compliments he had ever received. (laughs) Fair enough. I swear... That would that would top my Harlan Ellison telling me to go fuck myself story if I had Anthony Daniels say fuck you to me. Oh my yeah. god! But yeah, so it's all motion cap, and honestly, the death of KS two O is very sad. Is very sad. That's when I knew the movie had no positive ending, because in Star Wars movies, because of R two and C three PO, humans can die left and right. The droids make it. Right. And when we see a droid gun down. Gun down. Oh, horribly go down. And and he does that. His last effort is to smash that control panel so they have a shot. As soon as that scene happened, that was when I was like, nobody's making it. To give credit to Gareth Gareth Evans or Edwards. Edwards, That, them killing them. Was in the was from the get was from the jump. Well, and it had to be because it, it didn't have to be. Well, they, no one's I mean, disagree. He put in. Didn't he have a backup plan? They had several backup scene. plans. There's a scene that was filmed they in the trailer where there's Disney a ship that would drops pussy down. out. Okay, and I can see that. And they, it would come. And granted, Star Wars has retconned several different things, but. You know, I think those two characters could have go. I agree that a lot of people were going to die no matter what. And there was talk about sequels, which I'm glad I don't think is going to happen. Well, they did make a sequel. 
It's no, called a new, new hope. hope. Well, that was one of my favorite memes. I'm in about that. those characters. They have been so successful. Disney has got George Lucas <laughs> back to direct the sequel. It will pick up. Does anybody remember yeah. this? It was a great ad. Will pick up immediately at the end of Rogue One. <laughs> I laugh my ass off, and everybody looking at me. Yeah, well. <laughs> but I do want to talk. This is some. Of, and again, I kind of pulled this directly from IMDb. Um, <clears throat> two dick actually initially turned down the role of KS2O uh, because the start of the filming clashed with pre-production of his crowdfunded comedy series Con Man. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, but Gareth Edwards actually told him the filming was going to be pushed back a month. Now, whether it was to get Tudyk on board, I doubted at this thing. Some stuff fell into place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he agreed to do the production after that. Uh, but to prepare for the role, he took mask lessons from a New York-based mask teacher which I wanted to look up what that was, and I didn't. But the guy's name is Orlando Pabatoy. Uh, to learn to express more through body language. I guess because with motion capture, you have to use more body language. Mm. Uh, he has since said that the role was one of the best he had worked on because it allowed him to wear a motion capture suit on set along with the bonus of walking on 13-inch stilts. Yeah. Uh, Tudyk filmed a brief scene where he appears as Ray Nearly, his character from Con Man, but it ended up getting deleted. Oh. And a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a, a good chunk of Alan Tudyk's lines in K- in Star Wars Rogue One completely ad-libbed. Oh, really? Yeah, which well, Alan Tudyk is way, such a fine actor. He can ad-lib. It's a line of, there'll be another one for you. Because that's one of my favorite lines at K2SO where, he, where uh, oh, Diego Luna or whatever Diego he starts, Luna. starts to try to explain something and they're in front of the Stormtrooper and K2SO just backhands him and then he goes and there'll be another one if you do it again. I'll give you a fresh one. I'll give you a fresh one. I'm sorry. I'll give you a fresh one. one. Quick little information about that. So you know why I know this isn't so much about the movie but it does make sense because he was allowed to ad-lib. Gareth Edwards shot different takes of different emotions all the way throughout that movie. Really? So there was a lot of footage, and every day he did something called uh, independent magic hour, independent hour, where they would just shoot things that weren't necessarily in the script. So when you're watching that trailer, and you can go back, and there's a lot of videos on it online, it's like, this isn't even in the movie. But when she turns around, and it's this, and the lights are coming on, Mm -hmm. that's nowhere in that movie. Right. Him standing, um, what's his face, the villain standing on the throne room, that's nowhere in the movie. Those are all things he would shoot just for an extra hour he did every day on the Which, uh, throughout the movie, just so they could play. Wow. Which, by the way, though, I the, the, the villain in Rogue One is one of the most sympathetic Star Wars villains ever. One of the most interesting ben villains. Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn, who yeah. is killing it right now, killing it. Killing it on the outsider. So still got is that show still got you? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. You like I, it? I, I haven't got to see it I, because I, I think what I like about the villain, although I think it's going to end like the book and that may be a mistake. Uh, the the <laughs> what I like about the villain of Rogue One though, and I know we're talking about robots, but is he 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 is wronged in his own way. Yeah, it absolutely. Is his creation. He and is they are middle taking, management. They're taking his creation away from him, and that to me is I'm like now I'm kind of. I kind of want him to win a little. I mean, I don't want the Empire to win, but can, <coughs> let's give that guy the credit. Sorry. No, that's good. Do you have any more on it? Because I'm I'm good. No, I just... I Joe Blow, uh, to give credit where credit's due, JoeBlow.com does several of these. What the... They're called WTF happened to this movie. They didn't... And they're not all bad. Like, I watched one on The Last Action Hero you probably would enjoy. And that's one of those where WTF happened... 
It ended up being a good movie. Yeah. There's still a first third of that's flawed. Yeah. And I could not figure out why everybody loved it. And I liked it a lot. And I thought it was really good, but I didn't have attachment to it. And I finally figured out if I start out from where she's right about where dad gets killed on, I can't. Well, that's like me with Force Awakens. Everybody loves it. I don't have an attachment to it. And I love I Star like Wars. I Force Awakens, but uh, let's not start talking about those Skywalker Risings. <laughs> I haven't got seen it yet, so let's not talk about. It. But anyway, yeah, no, and honestly, I, I, K two S O is one of the only few toys I bought. It's sitting right over there. On he's the one. Of, he's probably my favorite droid. Well, and he's popped up since that type of droid has popped up. Has now yeah. got a place in the Star Wars. Lexicon. It's unfortunate, and it's I hard for me we'll to say that because I love R two D two. Hopefully, is he going to be in the new Diego Luna series that they're doing for Disney Plus? I haven't heard that announced because that would be great. Yeah. If it was him. Those two characters, I yeah, yeah. It all may right. even be up to the Mandalorian level. James, James your last one. Um, all right, so I want to start this by saying this is a book series again that was made into a movie. But I actually, this is what surprised me about this. Were book your series. first two made into movies? No, one uh, the second one. Yeah, the first one was. Oh, it was. The, uh, I'm sorry. The oh, Iron the Iron Giant. Giant. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've already forgot what Giant? you brought up. You don't pay attention to me at all. This is why we broke up. Uh, <laughs> Did you just fart, what? Joe? Did you fart? No, why? Because that's all I'm hearing is farts. Uh, Are you just fart? Oh, uh, just not lately. Uh, <laughs> uh. Anyway, um, I want to start this by saying George R. R. Martin and Hold J.K. On. Let me uh, let her interrupt you real quick. He is playing KS2O in the Untitled Star Wars Casey and Andor series. Could. Well, now I'll watch it because I couldn't have cared less until you <laughs> told me about it. Oh, you would watch thought... it anyway. You would have gave the first episode a shot because yeah, of Star Wars. Yeah, of course. Plus, yeah. you've already paid for Disney Plus. I know better. <laughs> That's true. But you George R. R. Martins and your J.K. Rowling's always talk about how it's hard to write a novel a year or something. Yeah. To them, I offer the example of uh, Seth McAvoy. Seth McAvoy wrote a series about ro- a robot. The first book he wrote, published in October 1985. Fingers over it. Thank you. Yeah. The The second book came out in the later part of October of 1985. The third book in the series came out in November of 1985. There was a pause. He took some time off and wrote the fourth book in 1986, May 86. The fifth book in June of 86. Can I tell you why this guy's an idiot? Stephen King, the reason he's pulled out Richard Bachman, one of the reasons, was he was writing too much. And their editor's like, you can't really release more than one book a year. You may be right, because I don't know if Seth McAvoy ever had the success he had with the series after he concluded it. And the sixth book came out in October of 86. He wrote six books in under two years. Starring a robot that has a soft spot in my childhood. Made into the Disney film, not... Quite, quite human. Oh. Isn't he an android? Yeah, he's an android. He's a human. He's a human. In the books, he's a, he's considered a robot in the books. But, but, I, but Alan, I, I say your, I say your choice is stupid because uh, Alan Thicke's in it. Also, Titanic people need to shut up about <laughs> fucking stars. No, no, the stars. I get it. I still stand by that. They did. I, he's. I'll right. give you a hug after we stop recording. You do the details um, on that one. Anyway, if but you, yeah, fuck it, because Alan Thicke's in it. <laughs> Why do you hate Alan Thicke? So I don't much? hate Alan. I don't. Thicke. I love Thicke of the Night. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> um, 
the novel series. It, I read the novels as a kid, and but, I, I did like. Did the you movie. really? Yeah. But hold on, it, it was the novel based the on a book. Was he a boy? You was, don't. How do you not know? This is why writers. I, I seriously, I, I didn't, didn't know it was a book either. I loved. I watched the movies as a kid. I didn't care, but I didn't know it was a book. The book, the book, and I'm still calling bullshit. That's an android. The That's first android. movie, the first movie, actually is relatively. Well, then I'm doing the Roy Batty next. <laughs> <laughs> but he bleeds. Well, then we can kill it. Doesn't he cry? No, not no. That's small. I for fucking. That's small wonder. I forgot. I was gonna say, ha. Huh? That's small, small wonder. wonder. Yeah, small wonder. Now an you guys have gone completely but no, off no, the reservation. I, I can't I, follow you there. I don't if, know what that is. Either. You, you know. You don't know what they small make fun is? of. They make fun of that in uh, Family Guy. What's small wonder? It's about a man who invents a little girl robot, and they adopt her and pretend she's her. She's is her this real a daughter. TV series? Yeah, it's a TV show. It was, was in the eighties. I don't remember. It was on the same time as Alf. Oh, I missed it. I was watching Alf. <laughs> Not the same time. It was the same time, but it came out. I think the same season as Alf. Yeah, I watched Alf. I didn't know Alf came on after Amazing Stories, and Amazing Stories is the one that clunked out. Seriously? Yeah. Damn. Mick Garris taught it to me. I was listening to his podcast. Apparently, I didn't know that they came on the same. I don't know. It That's... was Amazing Stories and Alf, and Alf took off, and then Amazing Stories did I still can't believe you brought up Not Quite Human. No, I loved it as a kid. It was probably one of the first robots. I loved it as a kid. They just did the movies, right? There was not a show. Was no, there a it show? Was, no, there was, was not quite movies. human too. And, it was, yeah. and that's what's funny to me is that dude cranked out those books. And the first movie is pretty faithful to the book. The other two movies, not so much. Except for, you know, he's an android, not a robot. But that's okay. But they cranked out three of them. And the, and the, and uh, the three movies took six years to make. Jay Underwood starred as Chip. Um, and they, the thing they did change about the he book... he also the boy who could fly? He is. You're right. He's, also, he's also the human torch who and, could uh, also fly. And the mixed drawn uh, Ole Sassone. Check out our episode where with we Ole Sassone and mixed drawn about they, the Fantastic uh, Four Roger Corman produced epic. But that's... So I think the first movie came out in 88 was the first not quite human movie. I think 88 or 89. Oh. The last one came out in Was 92. it that Disney-fied, the book? That... The book, the first one is, there's a scene in the movie where um, he gets in trouble at school and he gets pulled into the principal's office and the principal hits a, uh, grabs him by the arm and hits a, his voice control is hidden in his arm uh. and it speeds up his voice and so he thinks he's panicking, he's hyperventilating, but he's just talking really fast. That scene is straight from the book. Let's finish this up. So, yes, not quite human, robot, teenager. Everybody and their mother took everything that I had and shit on it. So, I James texts me something, and, and I... I pulled it up, actually. He, yeah. He's right. I'll say it. It's... I have... Actually, you know what? Screw it. No. I'm picking Buford from the Ice Pirates. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's, um, you're not going to find a movie with better space it herpes. It is so... Never seen the Ice Pirates. Yeah, you should. You should. I know oh I should. God. But you should read uh, the, the Ron Perlman in his autobiography. He says, what exactly, I think he has two lines he dedicates to Ice Pirates. I got paid for that. It's not very good. <laughs> ice Pirates. So, there are terrible looking robots throughout this movie. Okay. There are clearly men in... in, in and I know most robots oh. are... But these are clearly... They're old school Cylons old at school best. Old school Cylons at best. Most of the scenes I've talked about in previous episodes, most of a lot of the miniatures and things are right out of Logan's run. Okay. Because yeah. the budget was cut. Do you remember? I've talked about this on the movies, blah, 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 blah. One of the robots gets destroyed. The African-American character rebuilds him. And he makes him black. And they call him Buford. 
And it has every horrible stereotypical thing you would think of from that point on. James, am I right? Yeah, I mean, I like Amos. Was it like Amos and Andy not bad? Quite that bad. But it got in the. It was in the ballpark. Like if Amos and Andy bad was was so at the, the front of the parking is, lot. Is that Buford? Yeah. The, from the third act of the movie. Check it out. Ice Pirates. Now, what James sent me was Star Tours. What's his name? It's Star Tours? Rex. It's R3X. Rex. Is R3X. he voiced by somebody famous? I, he's bo- voiced in that section. I'll, you, I'll I use him he's voiced as, by Paul Rubens. He is, and I'll do him as my honorable ma- mention. So R3X, also known as Rex, also formerly known as RX24, was an RX series pilot droid who flew the Star Commuter 3000, uh, 2000 from Lothal to mm. Gorel before the Battle of Yavin. Right. After the Battle of Yavin, he got in trouble. He did some stuff he wasn't supposed to do. And he piloted the Star Speeder 3000 for Star Tours. It's the only job he could get. He is considered canon because he is in an episode of Star Wars Rebels. And Paul Rubens voiced him. Is he in Rebels? I don't remember him being in Rebels. In the episode Droids in Distress, oh. he is in there. And he, Paul Rubens came back just to voice him in that episode. He is one of the returning Star Wars actors. Everybody points out... Uh, Princess Leia and yeah. uh, Lando Calrissian. Billy Dee did his voice for it. Um, but Billy Dee's made much more sense, by the way, in Rebels yeah. than it does in Skywalker. Well, Skywalker, it, it, that was a. It, to me, it was them setting. Well, I don't want to give anything away since Jack's saying it's like they're setting him up a spinoff. Cause Almost, it ends, but it doesn't quite work. It, but but I mean, it ends with him. It, like it's a it's too much pulling. Yeah, whereas where it make make complete sense in Rebels. By the way, do you know where RX two four is now or Rex is now? It's, no, he no, since he's no longer the Star Tours, he is now the DJ <coughs> at Galaxy's Edge Cantina. Oh, that's awesome! I so can't Paul wait Rubens, to see it. Paul Rubens came back to make him a DJ. So, nice. but he is considered official Star Wars canon. So, Star Tours is still running, folks. It's just different. They it's changed different. it about 10 years ago. Yeah, you don't, and he's not the pilot. He's not the pilot anymore. It's R2 and 3PO, right? Yep. But yes, and Droids in Distress. So, once he was in Droids in Distress, he's officially Star Wars canon, even beyond the parks. But his origin is the same. He was a pilot that got fired, and the only job he could get is giving tours. Yeah. And now he's been fired from giving <laughs> tours, so he had, can only get a job as a DJ. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Honorable mentions. IG88. What is IG88? It's the the it's droid. The, it's the droid from Empire uh, Strikes Back. That, the assassin droid. Assassin no, droid. Um, a bounty hunter droid tech. Honorable, honorable mentions for me. Eighties robot. The Muppets. Oh yeah, from the Muppet movie. Yeah. Uh, I. It hurt me that I didn't talk about them. Them. Uh, these two for this episode, but we talked about them in ad nauseum in a couple other episodes. The Autobots and the Decepticons. I yeah, I thought about that. I don't know. I just kept sticking to movies. Yeah, and that was one. But at the same time, but that's was, a whole other episode. Yeah, and we could have talked about the '80s Transformers movie, <laughs> not the Michael Bay fucks. Yeah. Um, and L three three seven. I know we just shit on it a little bit from Solo, but I kind of like her. Oh, do you really? A little bit. Not. I found it annoying. After a while. I think, but the, that's why it was only an audible mention because I think Phoebe Waller Bridge did a decent job. I think she's a talented lady. I don't know. Yeah. about the, I think the character's slightly annoying. But yeah, I need so, to rewatch it to be honest. I know I rewatched it with my kids recently, and actually, I kind of like that. I kind of like the way they did her character, did the the droid syncing up with the Falcon, because I think it, it it does justify why the Falcon is a different ship than every other yeah, ship. Like right. Um, 
I mentioned Rex as one of them. There's two honorable mentions I've got to oh bring Oh my out. god, I just saw who he did, and I can't believe I didn't come up with it's it one either. Of, I mentioned Bender, but my second favorite robot on Futurama is Hedonism. Hedonism. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I just, like, I was reading some of the quotes from the lines, and every quote that Hedonism bot says is just perfectly, hilariously awful. Let us cavort like the Greek gods of old. You know the ones I mean. <laughs> I, mean I mean, they're all just terrible, but they're hilarious. I mean, and he talks like this. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Ooh, I like to rub grapes all over my body. I, don't, I just turned into fat bastard. Um... But the other one is sticking to a Star Wars one, because I know we, we bypass a lot of Star Wars, but the extended universe, not some of the Old Republic, I believe it's HK-40, which is an assassin droid, and they were made illegal. And in the game, you can find one, and if you do enough side quests, you can activate it. And it became such a big thing that it's now built its way back into Star Wars, and it's now canon again. Uh, but HK-40 in it is you program them to kill, and they will not stop until so you hire them as assassins effectively, and they will seek out whatever you train them to do. And in, in Knights of the Old Republic, the droid itself um, is reactivated, but he doesn't have a target, so he kind of becomes part of your team. That's really quick. Cool. I'm going to try to do the hedonism bot. <laughs> That's, That's it. That's it. He just you don't goes, want to do a quote? No, no, he just goes, Ugh. You're not oh. even gonna do what? What's his face? And practice him a stabbing? Oh, uh, oh, oh! That's shit. a good one. Um, uh, Roberto. 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 I thought it was Roberto. I was like, no, that's stupid, Joe Lewis. No, it's, no, Roberto. it's Roberto. Satan bot. I, I do like the uh, yeah. Devil. You bot. tell the robot devil I'm you coming. Tell the robot devil. He says he's, he's coming. coming. I know. <laughs> Last one. Honorable mention from me. I'm kind of curious. And I'm gonna say I don't one. remember the name. Okay. What's the robot's name in Mask? Oh, the, the stupid one that they the ride, on. One they oh. ride on. Hey, shouldn't you have saved that for the bad one, or do you just want to bring it up getting kicked by a horse? I just uh, getting kicked by a horse. <laughs> it made no sense to me. Oh, you got the shit kicked out of him. You should have walked behind the horse. The more you know. All right, we're down the well, we got we got to talk about one honorable mention that I didn't can't believe Quit. either well, one of you didn't bring real up. Real quick, hedonism botline. Surgery in an opera. How wonderfully decadent. And then when I was beginning to lose interest, Jean-Bique hit the chocolate icing. <laughs> Just real quick. We did, I can't believe neither one of you all didn't bring it up. Metropolis. We got. We, you have to give Metropolis uh, I was going to bring up Metropolis. It was on my list that I left. You're right. It, yeah. And it's important, but I don't have an attachment to it. I don't have an I, I attachment wanted, I wanted either. to talk about stuff I really yeah, like. Yeah, and that's why I didn't bring I it mean, up. I mean, really, is that over Johnny Five? Okay, of yes. course it is. Yes, but. Yeah. Johnny Five. Yep, no. But anyway, so that's it for Bonehead. Fuck uh, off. <laughs> <laughs> I trust the orgy pit has been scraped and buttered. <laughs> I agree. Fuck off. It's time for the orgy pit. <laughs> Ooh, I've got the cheese. I shan't touch them until I have Jean B lock away the absent and ether. <laughs> Bug off. <laughs> <laughs>